Childlike faith will put God into the middle of your circumstances every day in a very beautiful way. When the Word of God is mixed with your childlike faith, all the promises of God are fully relevant and yours. In the New Testament book of Hebrews, God speaks of those who choose to walk in unbelief. Hebrews 4 verse 2, For unto us was the gospel preached as well as unto them. But the word preached did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in them that heard it. God's word declares that our creator has placed a measure of faith within every man. Romans 12:3. For I say, through the grace given unto me to every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly, according as God hath dealt to every man the measure of faith. Childlike faith can harness the most powerful force in all of creation, and that is the power and promise of God himself. When God's word is mixed with faith, the mountains move. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. Hebrews 11, verse 6, But without faith it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Faith is a marvel of marvels, and the formula for growing vibrant, healthy faith is discovered in Romans 10, 17, and in Jude 1, 20. Romans 10, 17, So then faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Jude 1, verse 20, But ye, beloved, building up yourselves on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. Note, if you are born again and have not received the gift of the Holy Ghost as they did on the day of Pentecost, please visit the God Said, Man Said, Holy Ghost series. When I am reading, mixing, and praying in the Holy Ghost, the marvels of childlike faith that harness the very power of God himself grows and prospers. Dear visitor, have you yet to be born again as Jesus instructs in John 3, 3? Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. God has placed the necessary measure of faith in you. All you have to do is activate it. In just a moment, I will invite you to follow me in a simple prompt. And if you do, everything changes today. The following described in the amazing verse, 2 Corinthians 5, 17, will happen to you. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. Today, all your sin and shame will be washed away by Christ's cleansing blood. You will be clean. Today, all of the devil's bondages in your life will be broken. The bigger, the better. You will be free. At this minute, your eternal soul is in your very own hand. At this second, you can release the childlike faith that lies within you that you didn't even know you had. Here is the prompt I promised. Click on the Further with Jesus for childlike instructions and immediate entry into the kingdom of God. Now for today's subject. 
God said, Isaiah 45, 18, For thus saith the Lord that created the heavens, God himself that formed the earth and made it, he hath established it, he created it not in vain, he formed it to be inhabited. I am the Lord, and there is none else. God said, Psalms 115:16, The heaven, even the heavens are the Lord's, but the earth hath he given to the children of men. God said, Psalms 103:19, The Lord hath prepared his throne in the heavens, and his kingdom ruleth over all. Man said, I don't like people dangling that Bible over my head. I don't understand why anybody would want to follow the teachings of Jesus. What? What's that, you ask? What actually are the teachings of Jesus? Uh, well, uh, I have to get back to you on that. Now the record. Welcome to God Said, Man Said feature 1,127 that will once again certify the marvelous inerrancy of God's beautiful book, the Majority Text Holy Bible. All of these life-changing features are archived here in text and streaming audio for the building up of the faith and as a platform from which to engage the gainsayer. Every Thursday Eve, God willing, they grow by one. Thank you for coming. May the glory of God shine through you. Is there life in outer space? The world at large seeks to find it, but imagine this. There are a chosen few who have already found it. God said, men said, has addressed the subject several times, and today we'll, we find extraterrestrials are once again back in the world's headlines. It's big-time noteworthy that when the world's scientists arrived at their latest discoveries— they find that the children of God are already there with chapter and verse. Not only do they have chapter and verse, the children of faith are armed with words authored by Jehovah thousands of years ago. If you are looking for proof that God is, be it known unto you that you have arrived. The following few paragraphs are from Grant Jeffrey's book, Creation. Astronomer and agnostic Dr. Robert Jastrow reluctantly acknowledged that compelling new scientific evidence provides overwhelming proof that our universe was purposely created by a super-intelligent designer to allow humans to exist. Professor Jastrow wrote, For the scientist who has lived by his faith in the power of reason, the story ends like a bad dream. He has scaled the mountains of ignorance. He is about to conquer the highest peak. As he pulls himself over the final rock, he is greeted by a band of theologians who have been sitting there for centuries. Professor Frank Tipler, mathematician and physicist, struggled with the profound, profound excuse me, conflict that existed between the atheistic naturalistic assumptions that he had accepted all his life and the contradictory evidence revealed by numerous new discoveries that pointed toward the conclusion that the universe was created by a supernatural intelligent designer. Dr. Tipler wrote in his book, The Physics of Immortality. When I began my career as a cosmologist some 20 years ago, I was a convinced atheist. I had never in my wildest dreams imagined that one day, 
I would be writing a book purporting to show that the central claims of Judeo-Christian theology are in fact true, that these claims are straightforward deductions of the laws of physics as we now understand them. I have been forced into these conclusions by the inexorable logic of my own special branch of physics, end of quote. A short example of what these scientists are talking about follows. As you read the biblical statements regarding each example, think about how absurd that statement would have sounded when penned thousands of years ago, ago excuse me, while also remembering that today those statements stand as scientific fact. Number one, one of the cardinal laws of all science is the first law of thermodynamics, which is also known as the law of conservation. This law basically states that energy and matter cannot be created or destroyed, and that from its inception, the overall quantity of energy in matter has remained the same. This law was clearly penned 3,000 years ago, as seen in Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse 14, I know that whatsoever God doeth, it shall be forever. Nothing can be put to it, nor anything taken from it, and God doeth it, that men should fear before him. Number two, science now knows that all physical things, matter, are a product of energy, and that the atoms that make up matter simply appear out of the invisible energy field. God's Word pens this reality thousands of years ago in Romans chapter 1, verse 20, for the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. Number three, science now knows that all life-sustaining energy field is made up of photons, which are particles of light from the sun. It is the light of life. God's word tells it like this, First John chapter 1, verse 5, This then is the message which we have heard of him and declare unto you that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. Speaking of Jesus, John chapter 1, 9 reads, That was the true light which lighteth every man that cometh into the world. Number four. Now due to the emerging understanding of quantum consciousness, scientists are theorizing that it will soon be proven that life-generating energy is created by knowledgeable words of intent, not trivial babble, but focused words of intent. When they arrive at their proof, they will find we are already there with our banners unfurled. Note again, science theorizes that knowledgeable words of intent will be proven to create energy, which is photons of light. Watch in the scriptures as God's words precede light. Genesis chapter 1, 1 through 3. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. And the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters, and God said, Let there be light. And there was light. Psalms 119, verse 130, The entrance of thy words giveth light. It giveth understanding unto the simple. Psalms 119, 105, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet, and a light unto my path.
when science arrives at its new and latest truth, they will always discover that we have been there all the while. They always end up here. No matter how they wrangle or puzzle over a matter, they always end up at thus saith the Lord. Be of good cheer, children of God. Your faith will not be disappointed. Satan and his champions have attacked the veracity of God's beautiful book for 6,000-plus years, even billions of times, and have never laid even a scratch on the Holy Bible, not even a mild abrasion. Why is man peering and earing into outer space looking for extraterrestrial life? In their October 2022 issue, Scientific American interviews astrophysicist Jorgen Christensen Dalsgaard, who makes this statement. Knowing that life has evolved elsewhere in the universe would be huge. One might then imagine that at least somewhere in the universe there's intelligent life, end of quote. On November 16, 1974, in an attempt to contact life in outer space, the $60 million project utilizing the Arecibo radio telescope was commissioned. In today's currency, the project would be more like $360 million. You know this undertaking by the acronym SETI, which stands for Search for Extraterrestrial Intelligence. Creation Magazine writes the following concerning SETI in Volume 39, Number 4 of their 2017 issue. The SETI project has released a report which says it may never find anything out there. The team analyzed signals from a sample of 692 nearby stars but found no intelligent life. One member said, it's like finding a needle in a haystack, but we don't know how many needles are there. Previously, what were seen to be hopeful signs have turned out to be embarrassing mix-ups. A considerable funding boost from Russian billionaire Yuri Milner has added impetus to the ongoing search for life beyond Earth, but even New Scientist magazine is pessimistic about a positive outcome. It reported both Avi Loeb of Harvard University and Claudio Germaldi of the Swiss Federal Institute of Technology in Lausanne are saying that the search may ultimately prove fruitless, end quote. They're dead serious about finding life in outer space. How about this picture caption regarding the U.S. Voyager space missions in the July 22, 2022 issue of Scientific American? It says, Each Voyager carries a golden record of sounds and images from Earth in case the spacecraft are intercepted by an extraterrestrial civilization, end of quote. Is there life in outer space? God said, man said, makes five very provable biblical claims. Number one, there is life in outer space. Number two, there are extraterrestrials here upon the earth, multitudes of them. Three, there is then the ultimate extraterrestrial. Four, these extraterrestrials can engage in conversation. They can be engaged, I should say. Number five, special communicating tools have been made available. One must know that God and his only begotten son, Jesus Christ, by whom he made the world and its universe, and a host of angels and other heavenly creatures, many of which are presently working in the earth, are extraterrestrials. They are not of this world. 
Jesus clearly states this truth in John eight twenty three, and he said unto them, Ye are from beneath, I am from above. Ye are of this world, I am not of this world. Of course, the ultimate extraterrestrial is God the Father, and like the Son and the Holy Ghost, he is not of this earth. This God said, man said feature will review two verses of the Bible which were referenced at the lead of this article. Isaiah forty-five eighteen. For thus saith the Lord that created the heavens, God himself that formed the earth and made it, he hath established it. He created it not in vain. He formed it to be inhabited. I am the Lord, and there is none else. Psalms one fifteen sixteen. The heaven, even the heavens, are the Lord's, but the earth hath he given to the children of men. God specially created this earth to be inhabited by mankind. The heavens, on the other hand, are the residence of God and his heavenly host. Man is not created to live in the heavens. The heavens are the habitations of the celestial. Psalms 11, verse 4, The Lord is in his holy temple. The Lord's throne is in heaven. His eyes behold, his eyelids try the children of men. Psalms 103:19 The Lord hath prepared his throne in the heavens and his kingdom ruleth over all Isaiah 66:1 Thus saith the Lord the heaven is my throne and the earth is my footstool When Satan and his angels are cast out of heaven we read this passage in Revelation 12:3 and 4 And there appeared another wonder in heaven and behold, a great red dragon, having seven heads and ten horns, and seven horns upon his heads. And his tail drew the third part of the stars of heaven, and did cast them to the earth. And the dragon stood before the woman, which was ready to be delivered, for to devour her child as soon as it was born. The third part of the stars is understood to be the devil's fallen angels. How about this prophecy of Daniel 12, verse 3? And they that be wise shall shine as the brightness of the firmament, and they that turn many to righteousness as the stars forever and ever. Jesus Christ explains the nature of the righteous in eternity in Matthew 13, verse 43. Then shall the righteous shine forth as the sun, and the kingdom of their father, who hath ears to hear, let him hear. The following excerpt on stars is from Morris and Clark's book, The Bible Has the Answer. It is possible that even now they have some relationship to the angels of God. This may be implied by the fact that angels are often called stars in scriptures. Example, Job 38, 7, Isaiah 14, 12, and 3, Revelation 12, verse 4, Revelation 12, verse 9, and Revelation 9, verse 1, and more verses, of course and that the phrase host of heaven is applied both to the stars and to the angelic host, examples in Jeremiah and Chronicles. The worship of the stars, which has always been a characteristic of polytheism, has in reality been a worship of angels or gods, especially those angels who have followed Satan in his great rebellion against the true God. Note Second Kings seventeen sixteen. Colossians 2, verse 18, 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 20. It seems possible, at least, that this frequent identification of stars and angels is more than mere poetic imagery, 
possibly angels, who are mighty spiritual beings created by the Lord of hosts, have their primary sphere of operations in the heavens, in the stars. The Bible says, He maketh his angels spirits, and his ministers a flaming fire. Psalms 104.4, Hebrews 1.7, and it also says there is an innumerable company of angels, Hebrews 12.22, and do, that do his commandments, Psalms 103.20, end of quote. Oh, there is life in outer space, all right. And many of these celestial beings are functioning on this earth. Keep in mind that God and his angels are spirits and go undetected by the natural eye unless they choose to be seen. The following biography is on the back of Michael Gillen's book, Believing is Seeing. Michael Gillen, Ph.D., is a graduate of UCLA and Cornell University with degrees in physics, math, and astronomy. The former science editor for ABC News, he taught physics at Harvard for eight years and is the host of the History Channel series, Where Did It Come From?, and producer of the award-winning family movie, Little Red Wagon. He hosts the weekly podcast, Science Plus God with Dr. G, sponsored by K-Love and Air One Radio Networks. He is the president of Spectacular Science Productions and speaks to audiences worldwide. On the subject of extraterrestrial life, Dr. Gillen writes, In 1950, the Nobel Prize-winning physicist Enrico Fermi famously asked that very thing, Where are they? Where in the universe are all the little green men, LGM? Astronomers estimate there are roughly 100 to 200 billion galaxies in the universe and about 100 to 400 billion suns in our Milky Way galaxy alone. So it seems reasonable to suppose there's a sun out there somewhere being circled by a planet with life on it. But we haven't found one. And no little green man or woman has ever knocked on anyone's door. Why not? The head-scratcher is called the Fermi Paradox. Astronomers have been formally searching for little green men since 1960, when Frank Drake used the world's largest radio telescope in Arecibo, Puerto Rico, to listen for signals from LGM. He heard nothing of the sort. For the past two decades, planetary astronomers have peered long and hard at the heavens in search of extraterrestrial planets, or what we call exoplanets. Using the world's strongest telescopes, including the powerful Hubble Space Telescope and Kepler spacecraft, they found evidence for more than 4,300 other worlds. Now, please understand that most exoplanets are way too far away for astronomers to actually see. Typically, we infer their presence by the wobbles they supposedly cause in the orbits of their host stars or by the shadows they supposedly cause as they pass in front of the stars. From these inferences, astronomers estimate an exoplanet's period of rotation, its solar year, as well as its diameter and distance from the host star. From this information, we can tell if the exoplanet falls into the so-called Goldilocks zone, that is, if its properties are just right to support life. Of all the exoplanets astronomers believe they found, take a guess at how many could have little green men on them. The correct answer is zero, zilch, nada. 
and that's according to NASA. In response to a question on their official exoplanet exploration website, are there any exoplanets like Earth? NASA replies, we have found many Earth-sized rocky exoplanets, some of which are in the habitable zones of their stars, but we haven't found a planet that can support life like Earth. So far, our home is unique in the universe. Think about that. As far as, as, far as science knows, our solar system is unique. Earth is unique. You and I are unique in the whole of the universe. Allow me to introduce you to the Drake Equation, named after my former professor, Frank Drake. It gives a rough estimate of how many intelligent civilizations are likely to exist in the Milky Way galaxy alone. The equation takes into account seven key factors. How frequently are suns born whose light could conceivably sustain intelligent life? What fraction of those stars have planets? How many of those planets, per solar system, have environments suitable for life? What fraction of those planets actually host life? What fraction of those life-bearing planets have intelligent life? What fraction of those intelligent civilizations broadcast detectable signals into space? How long do those civilizations broadcast detectable signals into space? Drake and his colleagues calculated that our galaxy alone should house about 1,000 to 100 million intelligent civilizations. This means that about 100 trillion to 20 quintillion intelligent civilizations should exist in the entire visible universe. A veritable explosion of technologically advanced little green men. And yet, notwithstanding today's excitement about possible life on Mars and the discovery of exoplanets, we're still living with Fermi's paradox. When we look up or listen into deep space with our finest, most exquisite instruments, we find no hard evidence for little green men and hear only crickets. Why? According to a team of researchers at Oxford University's Future of Humanity Institute, it's because we've been assigning overly optimistic numbers to the Drake equation. We want so badly for there to be LGM, we've grossly overestimated the number of civilizations that might exist out there. When the Oxford folks assign realistic values to the seven factors based on an honest evaluation of the uncertainties that afflict our very best chemical, biological, physical, and astronomical knowledge— Drake's famous equation predicts far, far fewer than 1,000 to 100 million intelligent civilizations per galaxy. The modern number plummets to something as low as the number 8 preceded by 34 zeros. In a paper submitted to the Proceedings of the Royal Society of London, the authors concluded, we find a substantial probability that we are alone in our galaxy and perhaps even in our observable universe. If any little green men do exist out there somewhere, the authors add, they're somewhere over the rainbow, quite possibly beyond the cosmological horizon and forever unreachable, end of quotes. In regard to Earth and the solar system, W.R. Byrd pens in Volume 1 of The Origin of Species Revisited the following. 
The origin of the solar system presents similar problems, as Sir Harold Jeffries acknowledges. To sum it up, I think that all suggested accounts of the origin of the solar system are subject to serious objections. The conclusion in the present state of the subject would be that the system cannot exist. The solar nebula hypothesis seems to be ruled out by the variations in the isotopic composition of meteorites, the sun, and the planets, Kerr and Cameron suggest. Instead, first we see that material torn from the sun would not be at all suitable for the formation of the planets as we know them. Its composition would be hopelessly wrong. And our second point in this contrast is that it is the sun that is normal and the earth that is the freak. The interstellar gas and most of the stars are composed of material like the sun, not like the earth. Summary. The formation of galaxies, galactic clusters, stars, and solar systems simply does not result from an explosion such as the Big Bang, end of quote. Listen, the earth is a freak. The earth has been created to be inhabited by humans, and the heavens belong to celestial beings. There is certainly life in outer space, life of the grandest and eternal order, and much of that life is interacting with us in a very finite way. What the cosmologists so incessantly search for, the born-again have already found. Those whose eyes have been opened can see. Next week, learn to interact with extraterrestrials. Sound bizarre? Yes, it's bizarre, <laughs> but it's true. God said, Isaiah forty-five eighteen, For thus saith the Lord that created the heavens, God himself that formed the earth and made it, he hath established it. He created it not in vain, he formed it to be inhabited. I am the Lord, and there is none else. God said, Psalms one fifteen sixteen, The heaven, even the heavens are the Lord's, but the earth hath he given to the children of men. God said, Psalms 103.19, The Lord hath prepared his throne in the heavens, and his judgment ruleth over all. Man said, I don't like people dangling that Bible over my head. I don't understand why anybody would want to follow the teachings of Jesus. What? What is that you ask? What actually are the teachings of Jesus? Well, I have to get back to you on that. Now you have the record. <laughs>